When Seth Jackson didn't come home one night or even call his parents, they immediately knew that something was wrong. Seth's mother knew that her son was always responsible enough to call her to notify her of what he was doing and where he was going, what time he was going to be home. So when he failed to do so, she called the police to report him missing. And the next day, Seth's disappearance made the local news. Seth Tyler Jackson was loving aboard into the world on the 3rd of February 1996 to his father Scott and mother Sonia in Bellevue, Florida. He was from a Christian family. He was five foot six inches tall with blonde hair and brown eyes. He belonged to a well-settled family. His father was a successful businessman owning multiple businesses and his mother was a homemaker. He had two older brothers, Scott and Stephen, living in Summerfield, Marion County. Seth attended Bellevue High School and dreamed of one day becoming a UFC fighter. He was dashing and talented, smart and caring. He was friendly, outgoing, funny and popular with the girls at school. He had a cheerful face and a cheerful personality. He enjoyed trendy, fashionable clothes. Along with being an animal lover, Seth loved spending time with his buddies and close friends. His best friend was named William Samalot. He also loved going four-wheeling with his family. At 14, Seth began dating a girl. She was a year older and her name was Amber Wright. Seth's parents didn't really think much of her. They seemed to think that she was just a typical teenager and they believed that she could be quite manipulative. But Amber was born on the 29th of March 1996. She was a naturally red-haired, freckled-faced 15-year-old girl also living in Summerfield, Marion County. She also had a stepbrother, Kyle Hooper. Around three months into the relationship, things started going wrong between Seth and Amber. What with smoking and attempts to make each other jealous, the relationship became toxic and they started to fall out. At one point, Seth decided that he suspected Amber of cheating on him with an 18-year-old named Michael Bargo. Amber was actually dating Michael. Seth was visibly upset. It was one of his first girlfriends and even challenged Michael to a fight. Michael accepted. Despite the difference in age, Seth being 14 and Michael being 18, Seth apparently emerged from the confrontation victorious, leaving Michael even more annoyed than before. So they bitterly broke up in March 2011, with Amber going off with this Michael Bargo. And in true teenage fashion, Amber and Seth took their recriminations to social media and Facebook was the battleground for the end of their relationship. Michael Bargo, meanwhile, he had extensive hatred for Seth for losing the fight, being the ex of his now girlfriend, and also wrongingly believing that Seth had been really mean physically to Amber. But that wasn't the case. Amber was apparently manipulative. So this was possibly just made up. 
That April, Seth's mother overheard Michael Bargo confronting her son at their home. She heard him say, I have a bullet with your name on it. Seth's mother and father were quite concerned and told him to stay away from Amber and certainly stay away from this Michael Bargo. But Michael had had a troubled childhood with issues with his father. He'd grown up with an alcoholic father who had an explosive temper. He would throw dinner against the wall if it wasn't warm or if something didn't go his way in an argument, he would start throwing things. And of course, Michael watched all this. He suffered physically at the hands of his father and was traumatized by his parents' divorce. His father, Michael Bargo Sr., would encourage his son, Michael, to demean and disrespect his mother. She arrived home one night to find that her son had scrawled Tracy is a W-H-O-R-E on the front driveway of their house. This was his mother. When Michael was 14, his father moved to Florida. And during that time, the teen was diagnosed with ADD. But his father would encourage him not to take his prescription Ritalin. Michael would explode in fits of uncontrollable rage that his mother just couldn't control. She had to call the police a number of times. The father would call social services on the mother in order to discredit her and gain custody of their son. The father would apparently put in false calls about her to social services. And it happened again and again. The father owed more than £20,000 in child support but the mother never received it. Eventually, when Michael was 16, he went to live with his father in Florida and his father would lie to the mother, telling her that everything was fine with Michael, that he was doing well at school. In fact, the teen had dropped out. The father neglected to tell the mother that her son wasn't even living at home with him anymore and that he was taking substances and drinking heavily. So that was a little bit about the new boyfriend, Michael Bargo. In early April, Michael Bargo and his friend, Kyle Hooper, who was also Amber's stepbrother, challenged Seth Jackson and his friend to a fight at a mutual acquaintance's house, Charlie Eli's. It was a rural trailer in Summerfield, almost abandoned. And when they approached the home, Seth Jackson heard a gunshot and they left. Michael had kept a 22 caliber inside Charlie's house and had shot it in order to scare them off a little bit. But threats then went back and forth between Kyle Hooper, the stepbrother of Amber, angry that Seth Jackson had allegedly threatened to burn down the house. So there was a lot going on. They didn't like Seth. And there was arguments going back and forth. On the 17th of April 2011, Michael had told his friend Kyle that he needed to K-I-double-L Seth. He roped in Kyle Hooper, who was also angry at Seth because he'd apparently threatened to burn down his house. And knowing that he was already angry, he roped him in. So Michael plotted Seth's demise with the four conspirators. Kyle Hooper, who was Amber's stepbrother, Amber, 20-year-old Justin Soto, and 18-year-old Charlie Eli. 
left to their own devices in this abandoned house, they plotted. Michael asked Amber to lure Seth to Charlie's house that night where they would ambush him and shoot him. Now at the time, this abandoned trailer was temporarily holding up most of the group. Most of them were staying there. Amber would often stay overnight too. And so this was the plan. Amber was exchanging text messages with Seth, telling him she wanted to work things out with him, asking him to meet her there, but telling him to keep it a secret between them. Seth initially sensed a trap, replaying Amber, if you get me jumped, I would never give you the time of day again. But Amber's assurances appeared to convince him. As they entered Charlie Eli's trailer, Seth Jackson's antenna for danger had been tragically disarmed by Amber. Kyle Hooper lunged at Seth, hitting him on the head with a wooden object. And as the girls scurried out of the way and ran into a back bedroom, Michael began firing his 22, wounding Seth. But although Seth was hurt, he still managed to stumble outside. But this trailer was in the middle of nowhere. Justin Soto, who was 20, tackled Seth to the ground in the front yard, beating him down. And as Michael shot him again, Seth fell, fell to the ground. Michael, Justin and Kyle carried Seth back into the house, putting him in the bathtub. Michael continued hitting him, hitting him over the head and swearing and cursing at Seth, firing more at him. Michael finally killed Seth by shooting him in the face. It was said that Michael then suggested that the group break Seth's kneecaps with a baseball bat as he wanted to find a way to fit him into this sleeping bag. Eventually, Michael got a hammer and broke Seth's kneecaps. That wasn't the end. Not only had they beaten Seth, not only had they shot at him, dragged him back into the house, continued shooting and punching him, hitting him over the head with wooden objects. Now, after his death, they are breaking his kneecaps and pulling his teeth out with pliers, guys. And Michael, Amber went to bed, while Charlie oversaw Seth in the backyard. Even shockingly, the following day, James Havens, a 37-year-old, knew of the plot in advance. And on the morning of the 18th of April, he turned up with cinder blocks and cables in the back of his truck. Amber and Michael and the others then burnt Seth's body, treating the process as if it was a festive bonfire. They sat around jovially all night drinking, partying and celebrating. Bleach was used to remove any evidence and the remains from the fire pit were shoveled into three paint buckets and put into the back of Amber's stepfather's truck. Michael asked Amber's stepdad, Michael, to drive him and Justin to a remote water-filmed rock quarry in Orkla, where the remains of Seth in the buckets sunk into the depths of the water. But some of the group started to crack. Charlie Hooper was the first to speak out that very day. 
He was unburdening himself to his own mother while they watched the news report of Seth Jackson's disappearance. Soon, the rest of the group were rounded up after his mother rang the police. But soon, homicide detectives gathered the real story. They placed the suspects in a holding room that contained cameras and the three spoke out of the murder with Charlie Hooper saying, Seth Jackson deserved to die. Amber Wright was a harder nut to crack, with police having to show her the actual proof that she was involved before she would even admit anything. But Michael had escaped town, asking Amber's stepfather, James Havens, to drive him to Stark in Florida to stay with an out-of-town family friend. Once there, Michael proudly announced the murder that he'd committed in graphic detail to four separate family members and the neighbour. He even regaled all the gory details, like the way he broke Seth's kneecaps and pulled his teeth out. Michael was arrested at that location the next day, and once in jail, a further two witnesses of his crime came forward. Search warrants in hand, investigators soon found the murder weapon and ammunition concealed at Kyle Eli's trailer, as well as burnt human remains in the fire pit. Finally, in the Orkla quarry, a five-gallon bucket with a plastic bag was found floating in the water, and a diving team found two more buckets weighed down with cinder blocks. Although juveniles at the time, prosecutors tried each of these participants in Seth Jackson's murder separately and as adults. Forensics later revealed that DNA from Seth Jackson's blood was mixed in with several defendants' DNA in blood splatters throughout that house. Forensic anthropologists and DNA experts, meanwhile, analysed the burnt tissue and bone remains from the fire pit and the quarry, naming them as the same person. The remains were consistent with a biological and teenage male child of the Jacksons family. In June 2012, all the defendants were sentenced to life in prison for, Jack, for Seth Jackson's murder, except for James Havens, the stepfather of Amber, who pleaded guilty to accessory after the fact. Michael Bargo was sentenced to death, being one of the youngest ever to be on death row. And in 2021, the Supreme Court upheld his sentence. It's absolutely crazy what goes on with teenagers fighting, the toxic relationships, the manipulation, the jealousy and lack of loyalty or respect. It's just sad that this girl could not just move on, move on to Michael and move forward with her life. Causing problems, talking to Michael about how Seth had done things to her, to upset her, making Michael more angry and wanting revenge on Seth, causing issues behind the scenes and manipulating the situation for her own needs. It's unknown whether she took any delight in the confrontations, the fighting and the end result, but... They all were arrested and they all were sentenced. The only thing I'm concerned with now is the fact that some of them have been released 
and as I was told, Amber Wright is due to be released soon. What do you think about these people being able to be released after such a short period of time? Should life mean life? Should it be life for a life? And what do you think about this crime in particular? Let me know in the comments section. Take care guys, have a lovely Christmas and I'll be back with you again soon. Take care.